Welcome to the Unsuccess Podcast, a podcast where we talk about vocation and ministry here in Portland, Oregon. I'm David Libby. And I am Josh Hawk. And today we have a very special <laughs> guest. A very, very special very guest. Very special guest. Uh, currently, Larissa Coho. Thank Hi. you for being here. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, we're, we're really glad to have you here. You just started recently here mm-hmm. as, the, as one of the pastors at Grace Well, recently is in Fellowship? like almost a year ago. Yeah, almost a year ago. That's pretty recent. <laughs> in the big scheme of things, right. yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so tell us how that happened. You've been at Grace for a long time, right? Yeah, I've been at Grace since I was um, probably like six. My dad um, became the pastor there and... Um, so I grew up in the church. My mom is now a pastor there as well and um, went away to college, went to Eugene when I graduated high school. But then after that, just really felt like I was supposed to come back to Portland. Um, my dad had always been kind of, um, you know, putting the bug in my ear that he, that he would be totally welcome. He would totally welcome me back um, at the church as a pastor. And I've been, I've wanted to be a pastor. Um, I started the ordination process when I was 16 and I'm actually getting ordained this Saturday, Whoa, which is really exciting. That's yeah. awesome. So, um, so I always, I, for a long time, I felt that was my calling and then was pretty sure I was going to come back to Portland. I just love Portland. I love Grace, um, the church that I met Grace. And, yeah. um, so yeah, it was just, it just you, you really fell into grace place. too. I do love it's grace. Nice. Yeah, I'm very thankful for, all for the it. Graces <laughs> yeah. out there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so where did you go to school? I went to school at New Hope Christian College in Eugene. It's okay. a very small school. That was the one that used to be Eugene Bible. Yeah. Okay. Because uh, we went to Northwest Christian, mm-hmm. right? And my friend and I had a plan. We actually set this up and talked with some people at what was then Eugene Bible College about mm-hmm. having a uh, kickball game between the two schools mm-hmm. that never materialized. And there's there's no point to this story other than I'm still salty about it. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, they did do later. powder puff football games. What? Um, yeah, against each other. Things have changed but, because we uh, didn't do anything. We did nothing. We were the only two Christian oh, colleges and we do in also We do basketball games against each oh, other, that's too. that's garbage. Yeah. We, yeah. We could have done intramurals. Like, I played intramural yeah. volleyball. We could have. Northwest Christian them. always won, though. So I was always a little bitter about it. Well, it was a bigger school. It's a, bigger, <laughs> it's a lot bigger it's school. It's the only time it's ever <laughs> been called a bigger school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, that's great. So you went to school um, and, and you're back pastoring. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, what's that been like uh, getting not into, I almost said getting into the family business? Um, it's not exactly what it is, but uh, what what's that been like working um, alongside your parents and three other pastors as well? Yeah, yeah. There's there's six of us total. Um, it's been really great. I was I was a little bit nervous about working with my parents just because you know I didn't want um, I didn't want work or ministry to like to interfere with family relationships. Um, but it's been really really awesome. Um, it's, it's actually been helpful for me, I think, because I have, like, if I have, um, if there is an issue that comes up, I feel secure enough in my relationship with my parents to really delve into that with them, um, which has been helpful for me because um, <clears throat> confrontation and initiating confrontation has been one of the hardest things for me to do. And so to already, um, to have that kind of built in to my um employer employee coworker relationships has been really really helpful. Yeah, and I've really loved it. They also my parents really understand me. Um they they also really believe in me and they've given me a lot of responsibility 
um, which has been really cool. So yeah, I love it. It's a cool gift. You know, um, the, the idea of family and I think in our culture and our society, you know, there's so many families that, you know, are just discombobulated and, and, you know, broken. And of course there's that idea, um, and that push, right. When you become 18, right. When you graduate high school, like I am out, like Mm -hmm. I am done. I'm I'm free on both parties. Actually. Like I've talked to a lot of parents who said, you know, like, yeah, as soon as my child's 18, they're, they're out of the house, they're done. Um, and so to be a part of a family, you know, like, and when you did come back, currently you're not living with your parents, but when you did come back, mm-hmm. like you, there was that season, you know, early on, you know, coming yeah. back to Portland, that ministry where you were then living together still yeah. as well. Um, and, you know, I've been a- able to experience, you know, a, a lot of the similar, um, s- similar ideas and, and, and just working closely with kind of my family. And it's, it's truly, it's a gift and realizing mm-hmm. how, how unique that is, I guess, you know, in, in our culture and our society and, you know, to people go, what, you work with your mom and dad? Like, yeah. And I actually like it. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. I consider myself like really blessed for the family that I have. And, and, um, like they've always been, my parents have always been really, um, supportive and empowering. Like I've always Mm. felt that I could be independent, always felt like Mm. I, um, could do my own thing, but then they've also always made sure that they, that I knew that I was welcome, you know, in their house, um, in the family at any time. And so, yeah, so I went back to live with them, but like I, I paid rent, you know, it wasn't a, it wasn't a, it didn't at all feel like a, any sort of dependency really. Mm -hmm. Um, but, um, but working together and, um, and providing for each other, which has just Mm -hmm. been, I do think I'm, I'm really, I can consider myself lucky for the family that I grew up with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so tell us, uh, what kinds of things you've been doing at Grace in the past year? Um, I, so I'm the creative arts pastor. That's kind of my, my title. Um, I'm in charge of our Sunday morning worship services. Um, I haven't been able to do as much with with that as I'd like to, um, I'd like to incorporate more of the creative arts into our normal Sunday services. Um, How so? Like, what what kinds of things would you like to? See um, more, um, more special songs. Um, like we do, which is uh, the special songs is such a funny like term to me. Special songs like special guests. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it just feel it's like why is the song special? But this is a so. <laughs> Listening, this th- this might not make sense because we <laughs> cut out this whole run uh, before. Josh always makes fun of me for calling everyone special guests. Um, he's wrong to do so. Yeah, special <laughs> is a good word, you know, but it does have. I don't know. There, it has a lot of. If everyone's special, no one's special. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like the Incredibles. Yeah. If anyone's super, <laughs> no one is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I want to, when I say special songs, I mean songs that aren't necessarily um, congregational worship songs. Um, and I could go into my whole philosophy of what worship is, because I would say even if it's not a song that the congregation is singing to God, it's still an act of worship yeah. to to do any song, um, well, to do a song that is glorifying to him in some Or really way. any of the arts. Yeah, know, any of the, yeah, exactly, matter. any of the arts. Like painting or mm-hmm. anything. Yeah, so I would love to incorporate other songs that um, that just in in any way would speak to um, just human existence or um, our relationship with God. Um, and so I would like to do that. I would love to have more um, <clears throat> more dramas. Um, 
even do more like I want to repaint our sanctuary. So just a lot of different things like that. Um, and really in, and my goal in, in doing the creative arts in church is first of all, like God created the arts, performing arts, creative arts. And I think that that's something that, um, like, why not have that be a part of the church? I think that it's it can be such a vibrant expression. Um, and I think it also, the creative arts speaks to people in a different way than, um, than like, sermons and teaching does um, because it, it can really, it can really reflect, um, it can really reflect, like, what's going on in the heart and help, help us to be more receptive to teaching, I think. And so those are kind of the two reasons why I want to have more creative arts in the church. So I'm, I do that. I also, um, oversee like our media team, our ushering team, just kind of the other things that we do to help make, um, Sunday services go run smoothly. Um, and then I also preach and, um, I've taught some small groups. Another big thing I do, which is, I never thought I would be doing is, um, our graphic design for our, um, like for our promotional materials for our sermons and, um, you know, different events. Like for the, we just did 36 hours of prayer between our three churches. And I did a flyer for that, um, learning how to use Photoshop, which is all very new and a little bit scary, but (laughs) it's fun. It's been enjoyable. That's great. That's great. Yeah. When you talk about, uh, God created and creativity. I, um, the church and the culture that I grew up in, the the creation story in Genesis was always just used as a. So this is how it happened at the start, kind of thing. Um, and I've I've read more and heard more in recent years about people, you know, reclaiming what what Genesis one actually is. How um, we see everything beginning with with God's creativity this beautiful mm-hmm. like uh, creativity all over the place and how like um, creativity is birthed into creation yeah. so um, I think I think that's a neat uh, and a better understanding of the creation story than yeah. just here's how it was yeah I, mm-hmm. I've, I've been thinking you know Larissa as you were talking about the, the creative arts um, and thinking about you know how that ties into our greater theme of unsuccess and really kind of culturally, I think we, we, do, we are reclaiming, you know, the arts and, and, yeah. and that creativity, but it doesn't, it doesn't fit in our paradigm of this, uh, American dream, you know, like to, to express yourself in the arts, you're not, uh, you're, you're not kind of climbing the ladder to get rich and famous, um, I mean, sometimes you're trying to, but that becomes really, really, really difficult, you know, in the, mm-hmm. in the creative arts. But it's more, it becomes this expression, this, yeah. like, it, it, for me to, to participate in the arts, to express myself creatively, um, creatively, <laughs> <laughs> creatively. That's a very creative um, uh, pronunciation. Yeah. yeah <laughs> the, the, there's, not necess- there's not a monetary gain connected yeah. to that, but it's something, you know, much, much deeper. And I was just thinking mm-hmm. about that yesterday with my house. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I have built half of my house and I've completely renovated and remodeled the other half, you know, completely d- down to the, down to the studs. Um, and, and when people walk into the house, like there's a feel to the house. And mm-hmm. that's definitely for me, that's been an expression of 
kind of my creativity. And, um, and so my house is definitely on, on the art side of things, you know, and there's some monetary gain, obviously, you know, I've been able to build up equity, but that's not been the, the, the driving factor for me, Mm -hmm. you know, like the factor has been, you know, how, how it, how it feels. And then the expression, you know, like, this is how I can express myself and then share it, share it with the world, you know, and when people come in, you know, what they're experiencing is, is that expression of creativity. Mm-hmm. Um, and so definitely, I think in, in the church, that's something, you know, that's something that's often, often lacked um, yeah. or lacking. And, and so there's, I think there's this drawing towards that, you know, and, and, uh, and it's cool, you know, Larissa, to hear you talk about that and trying to cultivate more and more of that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, what I've noticed is, <clears throat> when I think that you're right, when I think of like talking about your house, I think that people are really influenced by how things look when they go into a church, especially if there's somebody who's already uncomfortable going into a church. Um, if the place that they're entering looks like run down or even if it looks too fancy, you know, there's all these different right. things that are subconsciously are going to influence. They're going to be looking at things and making judgments about the type of church that you have. And and I don't think if we focus just on that, we focus on that too much, then we start to miss the point. Yeah. But, um, but like I said before, you know, God has given us creativity yeah. and, and why not use that and why not help make people feel at home right. um, instead of push them away. But I think um, you also talked about how in our, um, I don't think just in our culture, but I think especially in the evangelical church, there's been... Um, And not so much a pushback from the arts, but a pushback um, concerning performance and not wanting things to seem like a performance. Mm. Um, And even at my church, um, I might get in trouble with my dad for this, um, (laughs) but he he hates it when we call... um, We call it the stage. He wants to call it the platform. And to me, it's like... It's the same thing either way, you know. And Why, so, what's the thinking there? The thinking is that this, when we say the stage, and we're like, "Oh, they're going to go on stage," then there's like this idea that um, that they're performing, okay. which then has the idea that they're um, that it's um, exclusive, or that it's I'm I'm talented enough to do this, or I'm um, you know somehow superior in some way. Um, which is, it's a little frustrating to me that, that performance has that sort of connotation because I don't think that's inherent. I think it's actually largely in part, um, influenced by our kind of deification of like, um, celebrities and singers and things like that. They become like such a big deal that now when we have, um, you know, a talented singer in, um, in the church, you know, people really like for me, I'm a singer and I, um, you know, I'll have people come up to me and be like, wow, you're just so amazing. You know, all this stuff. And, and it makes me feel a little uncomfortable because we don't do that um, so much. Like when we see somebody who manages a project really well or even a good sermon, like I think it does happen sometimes with preachers as well. But um, there's just such a bad model for us in U.S. culture right now that has just had like the church then has kind of reacted and gone the other, you know, swung the other side of the pendulum and just not wanted anything to do with performance. Mm. Um, And so it's it's a a whole can of worms. Like I could talk about it forever. Yeah. And can can we embrace, can we appreciate the the performance rather than or over and above the 
person, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you know, mean by that? Well, like, so let's use you for an example, Larissa. Like, when you when you get up and when you sing, like, wow, let's just let's be ushered into this place of awe, mm-hmm. you know, and and worship even, you know, even if you're singing just this performance-based song, you know, this mm-hmm. song that like none of us could ever sing along with you in that. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a beauty there that like much, maybe much like when we're out, you know, in the mountains mm-hmm. um, and or when you see a sunset and you're like, wow, that is so mm-hmm. gorgeous. So the same thing, like, yeah. wow, this is beautiful. But instead, like we we then want to say, oh, Larissa, you're so amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, rather than, wow, look at what God has done. Exactly. You. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think like going back to Linda Joe, I was just actually emailed Linda Joe kind of a, a long um, letter expressing kind of my thanks. And she was one of our first guests that we had on. Um, but she's one where, and where she gets a lot of accolades, at least from, from me and from others, like, Joe, you're so amazing. But she's so quick to say like, no, you know, like God is amazing. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of get to be a, a part of that. And, Mm -hmm. and that, that's a culture shift. Like that takes a lot of, um, probably some intentionality, you know, and some, Mm -hmm. some retraining to say like, yeah, thank you. Like I, I am pretty good at what I do. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'll acknowledge that. Um, I'm not going to have this false humility and say, "Oh no, I'm not yeah. so good." Um, but making it more about the expression, maybe mm-hmm. rather than like you as a person, and you know, turning you into this celebrity yeah. status. Yeah. Um, you know, I heard uh, recently a he he was a pastor for like 50, 50 years, uh, very well known. Uh, very like amazing speaker, and he said um, that there's always this tension of do you just say thank you if someone mm-hmm. comes up to you and is fawning over oh that was so unbelievable because um, you don't want to you don't want to normalize that kind of thing, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but at the same time you don't want to push back and be like don't say that to me. Right. Yeah. Um, which is kind of how Linda Joe does it when you get fawning <laughs> over her. Uh, so we like you don't want to do both of those. And he said uh, over the years he found the best way to do it was to sort of sidestep. And uh, if someone came up to him and was fawning over, hey, like the that that message was so great. You were so great today. He would just say, yeah, God really did something here. Mm-hmm. And that and that was it, and that that just became his thing. And um, I think there's something to be said for maybe us learning how to sidestep better, or or mm-hmm. not not sidestep maybe, but just uh, redirect the praise yeah. where it's going. Mm-hmm. I, I I think that could be a a more helpful way for us to remove some of the celebrity. Um, worship that we have going on in yeah. the church. Yeah, that's something that I that I, I try to maneuver through. And the best that I've been able to get is to say, um, like if somebody, you know, says a great job or whatever, um, I'll say like, I'm really glad that that it was meaningful for you, mm-hmm. you know, or I'm really glad that, that God spoke to you through that. But um but I, I you know that that could change. Here's yeah. a, here's the tough one for me. Uh People have come up to me before and said, hey, that was so great. You're so good. And I'll be like, yeah, God really did something here. I try that thing. That mm-hmm. line sometimes works. And then sometimes they'll say, yeah, but some of these other 
people when they speak. They're they're nowhere near as good. Yeah. And I'm uh, at some point I always have to go. Please stop. <laughs> like, yeah. And how do, how do you do that? I, yeah. I, I, I don't so how know. How about the Cubs the other day? You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey. Shh. Don't say another word. <laughs> I I think um, I, I think a lot of it has to do with our. Um, our motivation for for doing these things too, mm-hmm. you know, like so when we're performing, you know, um, and you know, David and I, I like when we when we preach, I think that's definitely an art as well. Oh, yeah. So, um, so that kind of fits into that. But when when you're performing, what's what's the motivation for us? You know, mm-hmm. like in in even in so in in the performing arts, when um, when you're giving a performance, is it truly this expression of worship, this expression of creativity, mm-hmm. or is it so that you can get pats on the back? Is it so yeah. that you can say like, oh, wow, you are so good. And right. we, um, and this fits definitely, you know, with our theme of success, where we as a culture, we as, as I think humans, we strive for that. We want to be better than everybody else. Mm-hmm. We want attention. Um, and so then we use the creative arts to get attention, to build oh, yeah. ourselves up, rather than truly letting them just be this expression and and, and be this this flow mm-hmm. um, out of our out of our hearts. Yeah. Well, let me ask you both because uh, I'm sure you guys have you both have the same situation that I do often, which is you'll pour your heart and your soul into something and express it creatively, and it's all for God. And it is. It genuinely is. Every part of it was that. And you're you're not doing it for any of the the fame or the glory or any of the feel good. And yet the uh, um, the accolades feel good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, when people are criticized for, oh, you're just doing things to feel good, I, I think that shift happens slowly. Yeah. I, I don't think anyone goes in, you know, to mm. a, a church situation chasing fame mm-hmm. or whatever. <laughs> um, well, maybe some do. Yeah. But, <laughs> uh, but it starts well, and then over time, uh, you know, accolades feel good, pats on the back feel good. Um, how do you to push against that in your mm-hmm. own lives or do you? Well, I think, um, I think that there, there really is a fine line because I, I believe that, um, performance, um, can and should be celebrated. Like, mm. uh, and I, th- again, I think that's something that the church is uncomfortable with, but I think about like the piano recitals and vocal recitals I've participated in over the years. Um, those I'm like, that's for me to share with others what I've accomplished and that's for them to, to celebrate with me. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I think it's okay to, to rejoice in the gifts that God has given you. Um, and to ask others to, to, you know, those who love you and care about you and want to rejoice with you. Um, so in one sense, I think that, that it's, that it is right to, um, that it is okay that, that the accolades and stuff feel that they feel good and that they, that they fuel your self-esteem. But, um, once they start to like fuel your ego instead of your self-esteem, that, that to me is where the line is Mm. because, um, if you let it, um, if you let it 
inflate you or if you feel like you're superior to other people um, in a way that's unhealthy. Um, like, cause you, I, I think that you can acknowledge like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm a good singer. I'm better than other singers or some other singers. But for me, something that really helps to keep my, um, my ego in check is to remember that I'm never going to be the best singer. Like I just never, there's no possibility of that. Um, and the best that I can do is, is work the hardest to, that I can to, um, to glorify God with the gifts that he's given me. And, um, Whoever that blesses, whoever God uses that, that's um, that that's that's going to be my goal. And so for me, that's I know that's that's really kind of ambiguous and not very practical. But that's what I that's what helps me, I think. And it, and especially like with me doing, I do musical theater. It can be very competitive. Um, like it's just the nature of it. It's competitive. You audition. You right. figure thing. You know. You you compete against other people. Um, but you know I. So many times I've been disappointed because I didn't get the role that I want. And you just have to realize, well, that role just wasn't for me. I'm just not a good fit for it. Um, And the other person was just better. They just did a better job than me. And and being able to be okay with right where you're at, with what God has given you, and trying to to use those gifts in the way that he wants you to, that to me is is the anecdote. That's great. Um, Identity is a huge thing. So, you know, like Laura says, you were... Sharing the um, like the tryouts, I think for for a lot of people they go, oh, it's not that you did that role better than me, but they go, oh, you are better than me, mm-hmm. and and that becomes a really dangerous place um, and something you know I think we all have to that becomes a self esteem issue rather than an mm-hmm. ego issue, um, and um, having to be intentional about that and I, I mm-hmm. think there's you know definitely with community and relationships um you know to be able to come together and and truly to be able to celebrate mm-hmm. say wow like you got the role instead of me not it's not that you're better than me mm-hmm. but let's sell I'm, I'm gonna celebrate with you in that and to mm-hmm. be able to kind of to to join together in that um that that ego thing and the self-esteem thing, um, like for me, one of the things that I, I guess, keep coming back to is the reading Henry now in, in the name of Jesus on an mm-hmm. annual basis. You know, like realizing that my ego, that my self-esteem should not come from other people's opinions of me, mm-hmm. um, but rather, you know, it. I have um, I have confidence. I have assurance of who I am in Christ. Um, that I am God's beloved. Um, that He loves me. That He created me for a reason and for a purpose. Um, and I, th- I think a true understanding of that, and it's definitely something that we have to continually remind ourselves of uh, or be reminded of, um, because it does, you know, like as we start to, um, you know, receive those accolades and it... I said accolades. Accolades. No, you I said that. Uh, is it accolades? I don't know. I feel like it is accolades, I but probably, you, you said accolades. I don't know. Well, I... I was homeschooled. I <laughs> pronounce things wrong all the time. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I'm uh, sorry. I didn't, you were, we'll you were to, going we'll so well, and I interrupted you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they, they feel good, for sure. Mm-hmm. And, um, and they can pull us away from that belovedness of of god um mm-hmm. 
And if we're not intentional about spending time with him on a mm-hmm. regular basis, you know, receiving our, our self-worth and value from him. Um, yeah. And that like that needs to happen on on a daily basis, you know, um, it, but there are definitely some things, some rhythms that, you know, on a monthly or an annual basis to, that I try to kind of keep in check and put in my life. Yeah. So tell us about uh, the theater groups you're leading or theater group. Yeah, it's so it's yeah. one theater group. Um, it's called Journey Theater Arts Group. <laughs> I guess I can promote that. <laughs> um, so I I grew up with them. I did. Um, I was with them for about six years um, when I was a teenager. Um, did a lot of musicals with them. Really enjoyed it. Um, when I came back to Portland, I started directing and teaching with them because um, it's a children's theater group. But then every summer they do um, a community production, and I, um, which is Beauty and the Beast this summer, and I just auditioned for that, and I got in. Um, but there is definitely one of the, the best things about theater, in my opinion, besides the actual act of performing, which I just love, um, but for me, it was just a huge character builder because you're constantly auditioning, you're constantly in competition, but then you're also pretty constantly getting disappointed because you don't get what you want. Um, and you can either, you can either like nurse your ego and, and, and like, and tell yourself that, that you're just misunderstood, you know, whatever you can do, whatever you want, um, on that end, or you can, um, you can accept it and say, okay, there's, these are the ways in which I'm going to grow. And, um, my parents are really encouraging to me as I, as I went through all those disappointments. And, um, so for me, when I auditioned this time, it was between me and one other girl for bell and I didn't get it. And, but it took me like, you know, I was sad. I cried, but like the next day I felt fine, you know, but, and it's because I'd had six years of learning how to develop that in me, Mm -hmm. learning how to have my self-esteem solid enough where I, I, I didn't view it as like a negative judgment on myself, but just remembering this is, you know, this is a musical. This is a, they have all these puzzle pieces to fit together. Um, you know, the, the girl who got bell is extremely talented, you know, and that's, that's just how they decided to cast it. And, um, not only do I not feel like it, it, I'm able to like to separate it from me as a performer and not like be like, Oh man, I'm just, I'm just not good enough. You know, I don't feel that way. And then also in the grand scheme of things, again, like I said, my, I can, I still get to perform. It's not, it's not like that was taken away from me and I still get to use the gifts that God has given me, um, just in a different way, you know? And, and that's, I'm not really in charge of how, of how God wants to use my gifts, you know? So. Oh, that's such a good outlook, Larissa. How would you say, um, how would you say your family or your community um, has impacted the way that you've kind of been able to get to that point of mm-hmm. you know not receiving the role? Um, yeah. Kind of over the years, um, you know, how have the people around you helped you mm-hmm. uh, get to that point? Well, I would say both my parents and then the theater group it, itself were both really helpful. Um, my parents were just really great in, um, I mean, they always just supported me so much. They always, um, and whenever I was like making the choice to, to not like dwell on it and not pity myself, they always, um, really like they, they, they supported me in that and they, they showed, um, 
you know, like I knew that what I was doing was, was like the right way to go about. They didn't, they didn't try to like, they weren't telling me like, Oh, you should, you know, you should have gotten that role and, and been mm-hmm. like mad about it and like tried, you know, they didn't spoil me in any way. Um, but then also the theater group, it's a Christian theater group. And that, um, that was a big thing for like, that's a big thing for the group. We talk about how do you get over that disappointment? Mm. It's a very tight knit community as well. And so you like you, you're, you know, you're competing against your friends, but that's just how it is. And once you're in the show, you're still friends and they, Mm. you know, they, they're really against um, bullying and gossip and um, they really try to nip those things in the bud. And so it was just the community itself was, is just so amazing. And, um, it was, I just loved the people that I was with so much that I was like, I can't, you know, I can't stay mad. I can't stay upset, you know? And there was like, recently I directed Schoolhouse Rock and, um, which was really fun. (laughs) And I, I, um, I was the director for it. And our choreographer was a girl that I did theater with, with journey and she was often the one that, that got the role instead of me, but it wasn't, you know, we're adults now. And even then, like we were, we were really good friends and it, it, we just found, I guess we just found a way to not let it come between us. Mm. I, um, I remember as a kid watching the Rose Festival and the princesses, you know, here in Portland, the, the Rose Festival princesses is a big thing. And right. You talk it, competition. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then just recently, you know, we, we had um, a good friend or the daughter of one of the local pastors was, um, was the Rose Festival princess for Roosevelt. And um, watching, watching that happen and then when they announced the queen, um, I remember just this year being reminded and it brought back childhood memories of watching that. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, the queen would be announced and then all the girls would just like do this whole girl cry hug fest thing, you know, <laughs> um, and and they would all be so happy and celebratory, mm-hmm. you know, and um, and talking with um, with our, our friend Madison, who was the Roosevelt princess who didn't receive kind of the, the queenship. Mm-hmm. Um she was she was still overjoyed. She's like, yeah, the you know the princess who did receive it. You know, I, like I've become good friends with her, mm-hmm. and you know, like I'm so happy for her and want to kind of continue to support her in that. Um, and so, like Larissa, hearing you talk about, it seemed like one of the um, one of the secrets to that um, to that being let down or like, oh, you're better than me, is to have a true, actually a true, authentic relationship mm-hmm. with each other. Um, because in that point, it's it's not as you can still have healthy competition, but you know at the end of the day that like our relationship matters more mm-hmm. than the outcome um, of whatever it is that, yeah. that we're doing. And and when you're in a relationship with the with whoever you're competing against, it's it humanizes them so much more, mm. so that you can come to a point when you when you think because I think sometimes in life we just feel like like there's this weird kind of mindset where like, Oh, of course, like I should be the one that gets it because I'm special. Mm. And I'm like, you know, of course I should, it should be me. But then when you think about like, really, there's nothing, there's nothing really special about me, you know, Mm. where like she deserves it just as much as I, I, yeah, I'm not deserving in some way that she's not, you know? And I think it's the same way with God, you know, God doesn't love, anybody more than he loves, you know, God's not partial in that sense. And, and you don't really, 
you don't really think about those things, I think, until you really start to get to know someone and you have a relationship with them. And if you don't, it's really easy to dehumanize them in your mind. That's good, yeah. It's a it's a good lesson. We have a six-year-old, and I play a lot of board games and card games with her, and I'm uh, one of the lessons we're really trying to teach her because she's six is you're going to be a good winner and you're going to be a good loser. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and that because of all the lessons that you really stinking need to learn in life, that mm-hmm. is near the top of the list. To me, I mean, job yeah. hunting, you've you've yeah. got to be able to take rejection or mm-hmm. or go into it and uh, when someone else gets the job and you realize, I didn't have a chance against that person, realize... Well, that's that's how the world is, and I'll be okay, um, and not throw a fit, and not um, like you said, have your parents come in and be like, "Nope, this is this is my daughter's role," mm-hmm. or <laughs> yeah, or yeah. whatever. I mean, you you have to learn to lose well, and then you also have to learn to win well, as right. in not be gloating and not be mm-hmm. and are those. I mean. Those are hard lessons to learn, but they're so freaking necessary. Yeah, yeah. I, and I think definitely in our culture and our society, it's easy to place such a high emphasis on winning, where mm-hmm. winning winning becomes the most important thing. Yeah. Um, so getting the role becomes the most important thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like um, that becomes more important than any relationships or than the the musical as a whole. Yeah. Um, I can definitely relate to it as a soccer coach for my oldest daughter. Um, <laughs> when they when when their team loses, like they are just down on themselves and trying to instill in them, you know, this ability to lose well and then yeah. to win well as as well. And I remember this this last spring season. Um, we had a bad, I think it was the first or second game. We lost pretty bad. And the girls were just like, they had bad attitudes. They didn't even want to, you know, high five the other team. Um, and so we we worked on that. We, we talked to the girls about that. The following week, they still lost, but it was only by one point. Um, but the attitude was completely different. It almost mm-hmm. felt like they they won because they played really hard and they played yeah. really well and they had fun. It was a really good game. Um, and so trying to instill in them, the point is not about winning, but did you try your hardest? Did you work the best? Mm-hmm. Did, like, did you have fun in there? You know, were you able to interact with, with your friends, you know, and, mm-hmm. and at the end of the day, you still have those relationships with each other. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so, it's really not the end of the world, you right. know, losing. And sometimes we, I think we feel that way. Yeah. Um, and so learning to really learning to lose lose well, mm-hmm. to be okay with losing, uh, maybe even to celebrate losing sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, it can yeah. feel bad, but it needs to not feel too bad. And winning can feel good, but it needs to not feel too good. There, yeah. There's a healthier balance there. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, that's something that's super necessary in the church world as well, because... Yeah somehow we've put winning and losing into church work and yep there 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 should legitimately be none of that in in the mm-hmm. church world and yet there is mm-hmm. so well um that man that's that's such a good lesson um uh 
so your um let's just talk about you getting married. You're getting married. <laughs> yes, I am. I'm very excited about it. She's yeah. gonna, she's gonna be You're getting married, uh-huh. Larissa, to your Josh's brother. <laughs> yes. To yes, to my brother. You're becoming family. Yes. Yes. It's the it's the the unification of two kingdoms. Yes. Yeah. It really feels family like it. And the Hawk family. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. um so let's talk about <laughs> dynasty then and yeah. let's talk about <laughs> My friend was like, "Now you just your chi- your child needs to marry one of David's children so that <laughs> all three of us can <laughs> can blend together." Yeah. <laughs> Accurate. Create one family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, she's six. <laughs> it's it's gonna be a while. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was like, I don't know if I can wait well, that long to start my empire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we could do you know, like my if it's empire. if it's a prearranged marriage, does that count? Like right away, like this? Yeah, we, like, we can it, already be family. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It, it becomes an engagement. It's, that's fair. Yeah. A eighteen-year engagement. That's that, fair. I'm <laughs> sure. I'm sure Lucy will be fine with that when <laughs> yeah. she's a teenager and wants to date. Sorry, already <laughs> <spoken> <laughs> you can it. you can date, but we've already got your spouse picked out. It's it's done. Somebody's not even so born yet. You can Somebody date temporarily. <laughs> you know, someone that you can go to prom with, and then you cut it off because. Because everything's planned out from yeah. then yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> well, cool. Anything else you want to um, promote, talk about? Um, not, not really. You know, cool. I was thinking. Well, sorry, were you going to say something? No. Um, I was, I was thinking. You know, about about the theme of unsuccess and about like what in my life um, goes along with that theme. Um, because for the most part, I've been. Um, successful for my age, especially. Um, like I remember the first ministry that I started was a closed closet. And I started when I was eleven, and so I've I've kind of always been like an early like I've always wanted to just do things, and um, and for the most part, my endeavors have all been successful, and so I was thinking, um, what in my life has been unsuccessful, um. And the biggest things in my life that have been unsuccessful or where I've, I've had the most unsuccess was actually relationally. Um, that's where I struggle the most. I'm a very good like doer. I'm really good at doing things. But I, um, I've consistently in my life struggled a lot more with relationships, which I think a lot of times when I say that, it surprises people because I'm pretty outgoing. I'm very comfortable talking to people and I'm very comfortable leading. Um, but it's when I get like one-on-one with people or, or just the, um, like the dynamics and the procedures of like developing a relationship with somebody, um, feels so foreign to me so often. It just feels very unnatural. Um, and I've spent a lot of time like thinking about why that is, you know, what, what is it that, that is difficult for me. Um, but what I notice is that when I'm unsuccessful in my relationships, that even though I'm I'm good at things and I can kind of fake it, it really derails everything, everything else, yeah. you know. And um, in college, my last year of college, well, all of college, I was in I was in a relationship that was a um, a romantic relationship that was just really unhealthy and it was really bad. And um, after it, 
well, during it, but then after we broke up, I really isolated myself. Um, and it, that was the point where I reached the most, um, unsuccess, I would say. Like, I just, I didn't, I was having a lot of social anxiety. I was, um, you know, I still like was doing fine with my grades and all that. Like I could fake it pretty well cause I'm just pretty good at doing things. But, um, like my soul was just so, um, I was just struggling so much. And then, um, it got so bad that I just finally had to like make the decision. Like I've got to change. Like I've got to talk to people. I've got to ask for help. I've got to, I've got to do things differently. And, and it started a journey for me that, that really has made a tremendous difference in my life. And I still struggle with knowing how to maneuver through relationships. Um, but overall I've experienced, this has been the best season of my life, um, because of, of how I've been intentional with relationships. So that was, that was like, Oh, maybe I could talk about that. And we kind of talked about all these other things, yeah. um, which were really great. I, like I said, I love to talk and I could talk for a long time. But no, that's great. We never really know where the conversation is <laughs> going to go. We, yeah. we, we have some general notes and then it never goes to the place. Yeah. Uh, yeah. we thought it's interesting that you talk relationships like that. Um, I'm, I'm the, opposite one-on-one is great for me and and I can um I can like preach to people but man I like putting putting things into place Mm -hmm. is not my strength Mm -hmm. and um and I think that just that just goes back to that um that uh winning losing thing like we Mm -hmm. you're you're looking at probably other pastors i would guess your dad's one of those uh or or tony great relationally Mm -hmm. um and thinking man why (laughs) why am i not this person Mm -hmm. (laughs) why why do i not have that yeah yeah which i have about both of you and um (laughs) your uh you know organizational and and um and and planning and leading and your musical abilities you know i don't mm-hmm. i don't have those things mm-hmm. we we can't escape it man yeah <laughs> yeah it's the comparing thing yeah. Mm-hmm. we yeah we find ourselves comparing ourselves to other people mm-hmm. and yeah um, but yeah which yeah. is such a bummer because it's like you know, I'll find myself comparing myself to, um, especially to other girls that are really connected relationally. Um, because I've always struggled the most with connecting with other girls, probably cause I grew up with boys. I think that's part of it. Um, I was always like closer to my dad, closer to my brothers than my mom or my sisters. Um, and I've grown like I'm a lot closer to them now, but, um, yeah, when I see girls that are really connected relationally, it's like, yeah, there's just those feelings of jealousy and like, why can't I be like that? Um, when really, like, I wish that I could just see that and be like, okay, I'm going to let that inspire and motivate me to um, um, to maybe develop those attributes and those characteristics that make them so good at what they do, you know, and or, or even just asking them for help and saying, hey, can you help me to... Um, in whatever, you know, whatever way I need help. I just think so often we let those things, 
our our inadequacies like um I, we let ourselves isolate um or we isolate ourselves because of those and because of the feelings of jealousy or comparison rather than like reaching out to other people um which is really what we need because right. we all have different strengths we right. need to be reaching out and and helping each other um and but so often we we just let it let the opposite thing happen yeah yeah good word uh, well, thanks so much for being here, Larissa. Yeah. This was thanks fun. for asking me. It yeah. was really fun. Yeah. Good times. Um, you it's can, always fun when we get to talk, right? It's true. That's what we <laughs> do good. It's true. That's what we do. All That's time. what we do good. <laughs> <laughs> That's where good talk gooders talkers. Um, uh, where can people find you online? Are you on Facebook, um, Instagram, Twitter? I am Twitter? on Facebook. I'm not on Twitter. Um, I'm on Instagram. Um, mm-hmm. And then you can find just our, our church page. It's Grace Christian Fellowship. You know, cool. things that I do will be there. And then also, if you're in the area and you like musical theater, check out Journey Theater Arts Group. Absolutely. And um, the and then when she gets married, she will be, her my brother will be living in the apartment connected to my house. So you could actually yeah. like physically find her. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we we should have put that on the internet. <laughs> like, well, here's where you where can find address. our guests. That, that's, that's really put creepy, man. Address, phone well, number. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're just going to dox all our guests. <laughs> um, no, that's, that's, that's no good. Um, so uh, by the time this comes out, Beauty and the Beast will probably be over. Um, probably any be other over. any other uh, plays they have coming uh, before the end of the season? Um, I won't be I won't be directing any plays in the fall. Um, well, musicals um, won't be doing any of that. Um, but I am so I I forgot to mention when you asked me what I do before. Um, I organized a Christmas choir last mm, year, right. and I'm planning on doing that again this year. So yeah, that was fantastic. Area, yeah, so much fun. So if you are in the area and you really want to um, be a part of a choir, um, and if you, or if you know somebody else that does, doesn't matter if you're a believer or not. It's for it's for anybody. Um, that's you can check out the Grace Christian Fellowship um, website or Facebook page. Um, the information will be up there when it gets a little further along, closer awesome. to Christmas. Fantastic. Cool. Uh, well, you can find us at UnsuccessPod, I think. I haven't <laughs> I haven't checked in a while. <laughs> UnsuccessPod on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, but for the Unsuccess Podcast, I'm David Libby. And I'm Josh Hawk. And we will see you or you'll hear from us next time. Next time. <laughs> we will talk to you next time. We will talk to you next time.